you, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 146 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Taylor Tony. I am Taylor of Terror. And we are back with a brand spanking new episode, although it's not new to us, <laughs> because we've been here before. Yeah. Uh, long story short, we already recorded this episode. That's why this one is a week late. But for whatever reason, the audio files decided to just not work. Yeah, we opted to record remotely um, and... Yeah, Taylor's end of it just didn't come out for some reason. Don't really know why, but uh, yeah, as I was doing it, everything appeared to be working. Like the, the you know, the uh, the bars were going up and down, and everything appeared to be registering. But then when we went back to listen to it, it was just silence. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there were like the really quiet parts, and then like really super loud parts. And I'm thinking like, okay, maybe I can master this out. It won't sound great, but it at least will be there and we get the episode out, you know, only a few days behind. But once I started doing that, it's just like there were like there was actually damaged audio in there. And it's like, okay, well, this is not gonna work. So here we are again. Um so that's neat. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, the reason we were recording remotely is because my life has been a bunch of fun as of late. Um my wife, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but my wife is uh, incapacitated. She had a had an ankle surgery, and she's not allowed to put any weight on it for like a month. Um, so she's been getting around on like a knee scooter, but she's severely limited in what she can do. Um, and in the midst of that, my dog decided he was going to um, paralyze himself. <laughs> so I now have a... Uh, paraplegic dog and a wife who can't walk around on two feet. Um, so things are going really well. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why we were recording remotely because I was just too overwhelmed and I could not, we couldn't arrange something for us to be in the same room together. So, um, but this kind of works out in our favor because these always sound better. True. So, um, what else? What's new, Taylor? Well, yesterday we saw the the world premiere of They Reach. Yeah, we did. Finally got to see ourselves up on the big screen, packed, doing our thing. Packed house. There was 200 plus people there. Yeah, I think so. I think the theater holds 250 or something. Yeah. Um, you know, we started out in like this, we were, we were doing this at the, the SIF Uptown Theater um, in Seattle. And uh, we originally had the smallest theater booked. Um, but there was such an overwhelming demand that we actually had to get bumped up to the next biggest theater. I think we were in the middle as far as size goes. Um, and uh, yeah, packed house. And apparently there was a waiting list as well. So um, 
Yeah, the whole the whole gang was there. You know, a lot of people's families, and um, I, I don't know if there were outsiders or not. Um, but I know the tickets were mostly available to cast and crew and their friends and family. Right. So. Um, yeah, it was a private screening. It wasn't like a world premiere where you can like expect it in theaters anytime soon. But um, apparently, there is distribution interested. Yeah. So uh, it, it sounds like there there may be some kind of release, whether it's you know home video or th- theatrical or something, uh, could be coming. If you're in Japan, apparently it's coming to Japan. Japan and Germany, I think they yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Silas, we, I mean, he he can't tell anybody a lot. He was kind of just telling us what he could, and I don't think he'd even want us sharing that in this forum, but uh, from what we hear, it's there's some exciting stuff going on as far as distribution goes. Silas is a hustler, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's like one of the only people I know that will see a car in a driveway that he wants to use in a movie and just walk right up to the person's front door. No scruples. <laughs> no, he's just like, hey, I want to use your car. I'll give you like a hundred bucks. <laughs> um, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, everybody seemed to really enjoy it. It played really well. Um, you know, I had my, my family there and all of them came up to me and just like, yo, that was so good. And, you know, even, even my dad, who he's hard to impress. Um, you know, anybody who's listened to him on the show before knows that he's, he's a, he's a tough nut, but, um, he, yeah, he came up to me. So that was, that was really good. That was a lot of fun. Like, Oh, thank you. The biggest compliment I got was from your sister who said that she said, even if you guys weren't in it, this is still a movie I would go see. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I, I feel like that was the case for a lot of people. High praise. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, had a lot of fun doing uh, watching it, and um, you know, then we went out and drank later. Yeah, but yeah. Keep an eye on the theyreach dot com for more for more news as it comes along. Yeah. Um, something else we talked about: the new Ghostbusters movie has got a subtitle. Yeah, Afterlife. I don't. Why? <laughs> like just with Ghostbusters three? There's nothing wrong with just calling it Ghostbusters three. No, that's why they called it. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they called it Ghostbusters 2, the the revenge of uh, fucking, what's his face? Uh, Vigo? Vigo. <laughs> he is Vigo. <laughs> you are like the buzzing of flies to him. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's Ghostbusters. Yeah. Afterlife. We get it. Ghosts. Sure. Yeah. It sounds like Finn Wolfhard is going to be uh, Egon's grandson. That's... Yeah, that's something that I just, well, I think I sent you the article. Yeah. Yeah, we just learned that, actually, after we recorded this the first time. So, hey, we we beat the dead zone. Hey. <laughs> we beat the system. <laughs> um, and uh, You know the trailer's going to come out, like, tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, this is Sunday. Trailer's coming out Monday, so... By, you, by the time you hear this on Wednesday, you probably should have already you'll, seen You'll it. know more than we do. Yeah. Um, always, but, always cracks me up when I see stuff on horror websites after we've reported on it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, we record three days before it comes out. How do we still beat you to this? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, we've seen some pictures come out from the trailer that make it look like it might be. It's definitely seems like it's more of a kids movie than the previous Ghostbusters, but um, 
from what I've seen, <clears throat> like the stills, it looks like it could be fun. Um, there's a shot of Paul Rudd holding one of the the containment, yeah, uh, units, units, yeah, um, or the ghost. It's called the traps, the ghost traps, yeah. Right? Um, and uh, he's got like like molecules on a whiteboard behind him. So I'm guessing maybe he's like a teacher. I thought they said he was like a scientist or something. Oh, it could be. Um, and uh, there's a scene of the Ecto-1. Looks like it's whipping fat donuts in the... In like a cornfield corn or field. something. <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks like it, there could be some fun stuff going oh, on. Oh yeah, he does play a teacher. You're right. Okay. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the trailer, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, could be cool. Could be cool. <laughs> could be cool. <laughs> um, anything else going on, Taylor? Well, I mean, you know, uh, speaking of films and, and theaters and things, uh, the Great Plot Film Fest, of course, is, is film-related is, stuff. Is rolling along. <laughs> um, I was just watching some submissions before Tony got here, doing our judging duties. Tickets are on sale right now at greatplotfilmfest.com. So, uh duty <laughs> so, so make sure you go get yours your tickets not your duty uh, <laughs> buying tickets is your duty though yeah it is your your sworn duty right. you pledge allegiance to us it's like how shaft his duty is to please that booty <laughs> your duty is to buy tickets to the grave plot film festival yep from C- in seattle washington on february 2nd 1st Second last year. It was the second last year. February 1st, 2020, Arc Lodge Cinemas, graveplotfilmfest.com for more info and tickets. Um, like I said, I was watching submissions. We're doing our, our judging stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start making those announcements on which films are making the, the festival soon. Yes, sir. Um, yep. I think that's it. I think so. Okay. Well, let's move this train along and uh, thank some very special people, the ones that help us keep this show running. They maintain the grounds, as it were. The Grave Diggers. The Grave Diggers. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> grave Digger. Uh, our Grave Diggers over on Patreon help uh, support the show financially um, and keep us, you know, keep our bills paid, uh, you know, hosting costs and, um, uh, you know, having a place to put our audio files and you know when shit breaks down we need something to pay for it um it, it goes a long way to help those things uh for us not to have to pay it completely out of pocket so um thank you to kevin nesgoda jordan morrison kevin trent joshua hodges carlos rodella the horror addicts max zaleski and aaron meyer uh, thanks again, guys. Your help means a lot. Taylor, if anyone else wants to join this this uh, this party boat, I don't know. So we've been planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles at this point. <laughs> Got to get them all. Got to get them all. Run the, the gamut. Yeah. If anybody wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can get video reviews of movies chosen by the Gravediggers. And I can say this again because November's finally came out. <laughs> uh, the backlog is coming, I promise. Right? Yeah, Tony, Tony promises. Yeah, I'll, I'll get them out. But I wanted to get I wanted to get back on track. So uh, we're not recording December today. Probably um, next week. But yeah, 
yeah, we have to record again next week. So yeah, um, yeah, we're gonna have a new one for Night of the Comets coming out soon. Comet mm-hmm. singular, sorry. Um, so you know, make sure you check that out. Join us over at Patreon.com/slash Podcast. Get those perks. If anyone is willing to contribute one hundred dollars, I will either get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass, or apparently wear mutton chops for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if if somebody does it in December, will you get a Santa hat on the unicorn? Sure. Yeah. There you go, guys. Perks. <laughs> okay. Um, keep going? Keep going. Let's take this uh, party uh, bus. Bu- Have we said bus yet? Uh, that sounds new. All right. Let's all, all aboard the party bus. <laughs> the Venga bus is coming. Okay. Horror business. Horror bus in this. Alright, starting out with some real world horror. Um, you know, there comes a time in every person's life when they just get too damn old to take care of themselves. And so their loving family will shove them somewhere where they don't have to be their responsibility. And uh, we call those places retirement communities. Yeah. <laughs> or rest homes. Actually, is that even a term anymore? I don't think so. I haven't heard it in a long time. Me neither. Um, but, uh, you know, you think things are going to go okay. You know, maybe sometimes the staff will steal something from one of the the residents or, or uh, you know, the residents start dying and there's an ambulance there every day. It's a depressing thing. But what's more depressing... It's not, it's not like a vacation spot. Like. Well, no. It's, it's where you... It's, it's being put out to pasture is what it is. It, that's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, but what's more depressing is when one of these gentle, kind old people... Is hiding a secret. <laughs> uh, during a welfare check at a retirement community in Utah, um, police found a uh, found seventy five year old resident Jean Soren Mathers dead with no apparent trauma inside her unit at the Remington Park Park Apartments. Uh, while investigating her death, they found the dead body of a man. In the deep freezer. Um, Yeah, a cause of death has still not been determined, nor has the time of death, because, you know, those freezers will really throw you off. Well, yeah. Um, Walt Disney's still in a freezer. (laughs) You know when you buy meat and it says, use or freeze by such and such date? Mm -hmm. If you freeze it, you can presumably keep it Forever. I don't know. Forever. <laughs> forever because it stops in time. F- freezers are like a time machine. I don't think this is right. The, sh- <laughs> the shittiest time machine ever. <laughs> because it's really not a time machine. You just kind of stop. We're going to have people climbing into freezers because of you. <laughs> They're going to thaw out hey, after I'm, someone finds them. That's fine. I'm and they're going to be like, what year is it? There are people dumb enough to do that. That's fine. I'm, I'm calling the herd. <laughs> natural selection. It's only natural. 
Um, yeah, uh, investigators estimate his body could have been frozen between 1.5 and 11 years ago. That's such a huge range. You'd think as scientists, or, you know, people with a science background, you know, people who investigate dead bodies and estimate time of death, you'd think they could narrow it down a little. I mean, I'm sure they will eventually, but still, yeah, they... Like Tony probably finds meat in his freezer, and he's like, "Well, this is either one and a half or eleven years old." <laughs> it's true. I have because s- it doesn't age in the f- freezer. Apparently, yeah, it just gets <laughs> it just gets freezer burned. But it's just like you just you throw some pepper on there, and maybe a little uh, little um, like like red pepper flakes. It's good. It's just, it's fine. You just see your wife just pulling horrible meat out of the freezer just being like is this still good and you're like it's in the freezer it's fine it's totally fine <laughs> no we do i'm sure that there are like lone chicken breasts and like maybe like half pound lumps of ground turkey just like tucked away in the crevices in our freezer <laughs> never to be seen again we have a very tiny freezer so it's just like you put one medium-sized thing in there, and it's full. It's ridiculous. Um, what if you put, like, a body in there? I mean... You have to chop it up. It'd be a lot. And that's the thing. They never say that this body has been, like, dismembered. No, it sounds like it's just a full body, which means, can they thaw him out and see if, like, what if he's cryogenic? Maybe he come back to life. Maybe. Like caveman. Like Walt Disney. <laughs> it's weird to me that they don't know who this is. Um, well, I guess since she's dead. Um, yeah, they can't ask her. Yeah. But what was this lady hiding? I don't know. Did she kill someone? For one and a half to 11 years. <laughs> was this like her husband? Or maybe, maybe she's been an assassin for 11 years. <laughs> and then she, Or maybe only one and a half years. Or maybe, or it could be as little as one and a half <laughs> years. And then she died with one of her... You know, what do they call them? Um, <laughs> targets? No. I mean, well, that works. Target, one of their targets. Marks. Marks. That's the word. Um, just sitting in our freezer waiting for the payoff. But then she died. Maybe. Maybe she uh, Maybe she took a cyanide pill because she was just under siege. Mm, yeah, she knew the cops were coming. Yep. <laughs> uh Yep. Weird things are afoot in fucking Utah, man. Yeah, who'd have thought? Yeah. You know, there's they're the Mormons and they're they're tricky people. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what they're really up to? P- stuffing people in their freezers. Maybe she found out that he had six other wives. Mm. Yeah. Polygamy. Live and well. Even though they say it's not. Totally is. In Utah, hell yeah, it is. <laughs> Well, it's like Utah actually outlawed polygamy, but it's just like... Oh, so now people are just doing it illegally. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like I imagine polygamy in Utah is like jaywalking here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you could get a ticket for it, but you probably won't. <laughs> probably, yeah.
That's probably what they do, too, is issue tickets. <laughs> well, you got to get rid of these wives. I realize you're going to have to show up to the municipal court on Tuesday. <laughs> That's a $68 ticket right there. <laughs> um, so I think we previously reported that uh, Wes Craven's estate has regained the rights to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain we have. Which is good, because who knows what uh, New Line was going to do with it. Right. Because they were already talking about a new reboot. It's like, hey, Samuel Bayer, you mean you did it once? (laughs) (laughs) No, no one's hiring that guy again. (laughs) Well, uh, it turns out Wes Craven's estate is also looking to reboot. Uh, This came exclusively from Bloody Disgusting. Naturally. Uh, They don't know exactly what the estate's plans are or if there's any kind of distribution deals in place. But they are apparently looking for both feature film and a possible series pitches. Um, According to Bloody Disgusting, they're looking for pitches for a series for HBO Max, which I don't know how they can not have a distribution deal and yet then throw out the name of a company. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's oddly specific for for a company who doesn't have any deals in place. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It says deals in place. Maybe they're just negotiating. I don't know. Who knows? I guess. I don't know about a Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of unsure. Like, part of me thinks it could work. And part of me, not so much. If it was going to work, it would have to be on a premium cable like an HBO. Sure, yeah. It's, otherwise, you're, you're, you're softening it up too much. There's, yeah. What was Freddy's Nightmare on? I want to say it was on, like, sci-fi. Like when think, it, back when it was the Sci-Fi Channel, I feel like that predates Sci-Fi. It might. I think that was on like around the time Freddy's Dead came on, or came out. Um, it was on. Well, it was distributed by Warner. I don't know. It does not say on here. Hmm. Maybe it was network. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know, but it's on El Rey now. Um, anyways, yeah, so we previously reported that SpectraVision had thrown their hats in the ring. They said they were very interested. And I was very interested in that. Yeah, that seems like a, a, a good hand. Mm-hmm. And another very exciting possibility who has thrown their name in the ring is one Mike Flanagan. I, had, You know, I was excited that the rights of... Nightmare on Elm Street went back to Wes Craven's estate because I figured that might be where it just died. Yeah. It's just like, okay, let it let it rest in peace. Let it, leave it alone. But, you know, if SpectreVision's invi- interested and if Flanagan's in, uh, interested, then I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Flanagan was on the Boo Crew podcast and he said, I got a killer idea. Does he do podcasts? So, I mean, he did that one. <laughs> Hey, fucking, fucking Flanny. Hey, Flanny. <laughs> fucking call me. <laughs> his friends call him Flanny. Flanny. Uh, his wife, Katie Siegel, the star of Hush, she said, oh, it's so good. What was she talking about? I don't about? exactly know what her cadence was, <laughs> but. <laughs> Flanny going to stand next to her like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. 
And then she licked her lips. Mm. Uh, no, not like that. Flanagan <laughs> <laughs> uh, said, I'm dying to get in there to pitch it. If I got to do this, it would be so cool. It would be so cool, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> I don't know, though, because when they when Blumhouse first got the rights to Halloween, he wanted to reboot Halloween, and he wanted to have a female uh, uh, Loomis. I almost said Lando. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, oh, oh, so he wanted to reboot it completely. I, I, I assume so. If you just if you wanted to turn Donald Pleasance into a woman all of a sudden, that's yeah, that's a whole other story. Well, it's like maybe he wanted to make it like Loomis's oh granddaughter or something. Yeah, I guess that could be. I guess we'll never know. But now he's like, oh, it's a, I I'm glad I didn't get it because Hush was my Halloween. It's like, yeah, that sounds like someone who didn't get Halloween. <laughs> yeah, sure, it was Mike Flanagan. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. Um. It, it, presuming it happens, uh, I would be very interested to hear more. Quite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I as well. You know, it's always a shame when people you, you uh, like don't seem to learn from their mistakes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just really disappointing because you think, oh, well, you're a grown adult. You can pick up on these things that don't go right and you don't try to do them again. But uh, it's just, this is not always the case. What did I do? <laughs> no, no, not you, Taylor. Oh, okay. This time. <laughs> I'm talking about one Elizabeth Banks. Oh, is she making another Power Rangers movie? <laughs> I kind of dug that movie. <laughs> I think I think if they could have gotten a sequel, which probably won't happen, that it could have been they could have made a really kick-ass sequel if they built on what they established but made it, you know, if they added more to it. But it's neither here nor there. Um no, Elizabeth Banks who recently just fucking tanked <laughs> the box office with uh her ridiculous reboot of um charlie's angels um like i said it's just not seem doesn't seem to want to learn her lesson and is working on a or working on or fuck working with universal to direct and star in the invisible woman mm. yeah the lesser known invisible person movie Right. Lesser known because it was lesser good. <laughs> have you actually seen it? Uh, I feel like I have. It's from I, 1940. Yeah. I mean... Um, no, not from Fantastic Four. <laughs> uh, Invisible Man was in like 30... 30-something. 30 Starring Virginia Bruce and John Barrymore. Oh, well. Had some star power to it, you know. Oh, yeah, Barrymore. I mean, uh, it's uh, Drew's grandpappy. I don't think this is the same thing. Oh, it's a different movie. There was a movie in 2013 called The Invisible Woman, directed by Ralph Fiennes. Okay. 
But yeah, this looks like it's like some kind of love story. Irregardless. That is not a word. <laughs> um, uh, she's working with the girl on the train screenwriter, Aaron Cressida Wilson, um, who's writing a script based on an original pitch by Elizabeth Banks. I always wonder when they say an original pitch. It's, it's a remake. So how original can it be? It's, it's not really original at all. <laughs> It's like if I took like a classic piece of cinema or literature and changed like a few things in it, I couldn't call that my own. Or is the pitch like, I want to remake this. Yeah. That's the pitch. <laughs> you know me. You know who I am. <laughs> um, the uh, and spe- you know, Speaking of uh, people, places, and things that don't learn their lesson, fucking universal... Oh, they're clearly trying to backdoor this dark universe. Oh, they, they're totally trying to shove it just up all our back doors. They're like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're still going to do that. <laughs> it's like, I think what they're trying to do is like release all of these independent, like, you know, lone standing movies. And then at the end, just be like, hey, guess what? These are all connected. <laughs> they'll like retroactively put in uh, stingers. <laughs> I'm sure. It's like, remember this thing that was in that movie? Here it is again in this one. Um, let's see. Uh, the Invisible Woman will have no connection to Blumhouse and or writer-director Lee Winnell's, uh upcoming reboot of The Invisible Man, which also looks terrible. Um, there will also be no crossover potential for the two films. Uh-huh. Yeah. Doesn't Blumhouse work with Universal? I would think they have to. Like it's Universal's property. It's Universal's IP, right? Is it? Is it called The Invisible Man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not. The plot details are completely different. But yeah, I mean, look, look it up. See, see who's distributing that. I mean, because I'm pretty sure that you, Blumhouse has a has a deal with Universal. I mean, it looks more like a, a remake of Hollow Man. Yeah, it, it certainly does. But without the benefit of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wasn't Josh Brolin in that too? I don't recall. Do-do-do-do-do. Also known as Untitled Universal Monster Project. Well, there we go. <laughs> so Wait. that kind of... Uh, Production company, Goalpost Pictures, Blumhouse Productions, Dark Universe. They're not even trying to hide it. Don't fucking piss on my leg and tell tell us it's raining, uh, Universal. We know what's going on. Um, Distributors, Universal Pictures International. No potential crossover. Wink. Um... Invisible, okay, let's see. Uh, plot specifics are still tight under wraps. It's okay. So tight. I'm not, not interested in the <laughs> plot details anyway. Um, deadline notes, I'm told Banks will be the one who turns invisible in the film. Good. All right. I never understood that. Why would you get somebody who's so recognizable just solely based on their looks? I mean, well... She's recognizable in other respects, but she's not like 
well known for like voice work or right. anything. It's like, why would you get somebody who's going to be not seen on screen for ninety percent of the film? And they did it with Bacon. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's Bacon. He he transcends vision. That is the ultimate Bacon. Is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter adds, sources say the tone is Thelma and Louise meets American Psycho. Okay, so not storyline-wise, but tonally, those are very different. I don't even know how they're similar story-wise. Like, well, I mean, I mean, because they don't because they don't say it's true. It's the same story-wise. They say the tone is the same. So that's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, yeah. Still. I, I, how the fuck are those even similar whatsoever? I mean, yeah, if, if you were going storyline-wise, I would say, oh, it's Thelma and Louise. It's, it's two women who go around murdering people, which doesn't sound like the Invisible Woman. No, unless one of them is invisible, but then you're really <laughs> stretching things out. <laughs> it sounds like a bad, bad idea. And, you know, I want to hearken everybody back to um, the mummy that Universal apparently thought was a good idea. And Dracula Untold, which Universal also apparently thought was a good idea. <laughs> and did they release I, Frankenstein, too? Mm, that was Blumhouse. I don't know if it was Universal, though. Well, they have a deal with... I think they have multiple de- deals. Like, I could swear they signed, signed an independent deal. I thought it. Tommy Blum was just whoring himself around town. I mean, he probably would. I, Frankenstein... But that was that was never like supposed to be part of the dark universe. No, but you know, just uh... first it was like we're gonna have a dark universe, and it starts with Dracula Untold. I mean, not that's not really part of it. Like that's that was that was a, like a thing, and now but now now we start the dark universe with the mummy. Okay, not the mummy though. <laughs> uh, no. Okay, so this was not Universal. It was Lakeshore Entertainment and then distributed by Lionsgate. Oh, it wasn't Blumhouse either. So there you go. Okay. Written and directed by Stuart Beatty based on Stuart! the Stuart. based on the digital only graphic novel by Kevin Grievo, which is that's strange. He was the big huge black guy in the underworld movies. Oh really? Yeah. Or I guess he was only in the first one and uh, evolution. No, the the one that was strictly about the lichens. Whatever. <sighs> anyway, um, just a lot of missteps by Universal, and they just it's like, oh well, we're one of the oldest uh, oldest studios in the world. We know what we're doing. I don't. I don't think you do. Whatever. Disney's gonna buy you in three years. Yeah. <laughs> Disney's gonna make it all better. <laughs> So in case you need further proof that the Dark Universe is still alive and well, Rocket Man director Dexter Fletcher, along with The Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman. Which Rocket Man? Rocker Man? Rocket Man. The new one that just came out. 
Are you sure it's not the one with Harlan Williams? I d- highly doubt it's the one with Harlan Williams. This would pro- I'd probably be more interested if it was. <laughs> uh, they are taking aim at a Universal monster movie based on Renfield. Dracula's buddy. Yeah. If you're not familiar with who Renfield is, he was the original realtor that was sent to Transylvania to deal with Dracula ahead of Jonathan Harker. Um, And he went insane and basically became um, Dracula's little toady. Yeah. Played by Tom Waits in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. Played by Brian from Wings in... uh, Wait, no, he played Jonathan Harker. Who played Renfield in Dracula Dead and Loving It? Uh, The fucking guy from... Oh, the he is Vigo guy. Um, that's kind of his uh, his little typecast there. <laughs> just a little, he is Dracula. Just a little weasel. One of those greasy guys. <laughs> uh, this is being described as a comedic, lighthearted approach in the vein of Taika Waititi's vampire mockumentary, What We Do in the Shadows, in which Renfield realizes he is in a bad, codependent relationship. So exactly like What We Do in the Shadows. Basically, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I started watching that series the other day. Yeah. I, I hear it's good. I mean, the pilot is basically the movie. It's the exact same. I, mean, I feel like that's how a lot of pilots that are based on movies are. Yeah. I didn't get much farther than that. I I think it was in maybe like the season finale of this past season. Um, or maybe it was the previous. Are there two seasons now? I think so. I'm pretty sure in one of the season finales. Or maybe it was both. I don't know. But they brought in a bunch of people that are famous for pay- playing vampires and other things. Oh, really? To like kind of reprise their characters. That's um, funny. Yeah, that that like I, I want to watch it, and I just haven't gotten around to it. But I want to watch it almost solely for that, just so I can see that. Uh, Ryan Ridley, who has worked on FX's comedy Ghosted and Adult Swim's Rick and Morty, wrote the script based on a pitch by Robert Kirkman. I work mean, worked on. That's a very vague term. <laughs> Did he get coffee or yeah? Like, is he a laundry guy? Or... <laughs> He's the guy that drove like uh, the stars from their trailers to the set, or yeah, drove a little golf cart. Yeah. Um. Of course, plot details are currently unknown, though it's believed to take place during the present day, modern times. Mm. Cell phones. It's important. <laughs> yeah, it is not a period piece. So yeah, it's just going to be Renfield talking to Dracula on the cell phone. <laughs> Dracula's just not even going to be in the movie. He's going to be like, hey, let's FaceTime. Are you there? I can't see you. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> uh, where's our check? <laughs> yeah, if that's in there now, I'm suing Robert Kirkman so much. Sue is... Sue his face. Sue his balls off. You can sue me. (laughs) Sue me, sue me. Uh, Speaking of Robert Kirkman and talking about burying the lead, um, in this article, which I believe was from Variety, they were like, oh, by the way, Robert Kirkman is also remaking American Werewolf in London. It's like, hold on. Hold on, wait, let's go back to that other thing. Yeah, what was the last (laughs) thing again? (laughs) It was like one line at the end of the article. I just like, whoa, 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 where are you going? <laughs> it's like when you're you're like 
telling your parents about your grades and you like leave that one class you got a really shitty grade in for the last? Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear more about that. Like, yeah. I I know that Max Landis was working on it, but then everyone was like, oh, wait, Max Landis is a piece of shit? Yeah. Well, fuck him then. <laughs> so he was canceled, as they say. Yep. And uh, apparently so was his movie. And then Robert Kirkman was like, oh, here's the thing. Look at this. I wonder how much John Landis had to do with that. It's like, no, no, kid. You fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You can't win this one. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to... I'm gonna take this away until you're until <laughs> you're more mature. <laughs> um, so you hype for Renfield or what? Hype's a strong word. <laughs> what a random choice, right? I mean, I, I mean, I can't wait for Igor to come out in a couple years. <laughs> I'll probably wait for you know, like it'd be like the fourth launch of the Dark Universe, right? Yeah, probably just wait for like a Blu-ray or something. Who would you cast as Renfield in a modern day retelling? Don't say Bradley Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, David Krumholtz. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, it's modern day. He doesn't have to be British. <laughs> I suppose. I think it would be funny for this neurotic little Jew guy. <laughs> Jason Manzukas. <laughs> <laughs> you said you watched the new season of uh, Nailed It, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the stagehand's name? Uh, Wes. Wes. <laughs> Wes! Wes! I like when they can't find the, the timer. He's like, oh, here it is. 30 feet in the air. <laughs> uh, Maximum Derek. <laughs> Derek? <laughs> Party Wolf. So, Tony, I'm still not sold on this whole Dark Universe reboot thing. I'm, I'm still not convinced that that's what they're doing. No? No. Do you have any further evidence? As a matter of fact, I do, Taylor. Uh, because James Wan won't just fucking stay out of our lives. <laughs> he is also working with Universal Pictures. Uh, allegedly. Al- allegedly. He's he's having meetings uh, for his take on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, no. <laughs> I watched that the new one, by the way. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Especially, like, uh, you know, being in a, in a position where, like, children are, are on the horizon. Yeah. And just... <laughs> you got bit! <laughs> <laughs> Toys drop from the ceiling. He's like going around, like picking them up, trying to sort them. They didn't do that when we saw them live. Oh, you saw that? That yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, 
Uh, Variety released a story about Juan's upcoming take on Mary Shelley's, Shelley's Frankenstein, which has been since removed. From so maybe, maybe it's not happening. <laughs> Fingers I'm, crossed. I'm not, no. We're not that lucky. What I'm thinking is probably Universal went, hey, what are you doing? That's a secret. Nobody can know that we're reviving the dark universe. <laughs> and then Variety's like, hey, if you put out this movie, they're going to know. <laughs> Um, Universal is meeting with directors for the new take on Frankenstein that will be produced by James Wan. Doesn't matter. So there's no escape. Every James Wan movie, whether he produces, directs, makes coffee, fluffs, they all look the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like like comic books when you have like uh, an artist, you know, like... um it's like Jim Lee. Jim Lee is like one of the, the most well-known comic book artists. Um, I think probably best known for drawing uh, Batman. Um, but then he would do Superman, and actually, actually, he did a lot of like uh, all of the, the like Justice League. I think he did some some Justice League uh, himself. <clears throat> but it's like you know, you know, Jim Lee's Batman. But when he draws Superman, you know that's Jim Lee's Superman too. <laughs> It's the same way with James Wan. Yeah. Like he may hire other people to direct movies, but you know who's directing them. You know. It was like when you know when the Nun came out, and I was like, "Oh, Corn Hardy is directing." I liked The Hallows, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, "This is this is a James Wan movie. <laughs> this is not a Corn Hardy movie." And yeah, I can imagine like the directors taking initiative because like they want to make their mark. And then Juan seeing it and be like, what if we did this? What if we had more jump scares? What if we put a creepy kid? <laughs> and what if we made this shot very blue? We need more things that we can spin off. Yeah. Let's put an, a, an old man with like a weird hat. That can be his thing, is that he's got a hat. And then, then in two years, we can make Hat Man. <laughs> and people will see it because they're sheep. Wake up, sheeple. Uh, in July of 2016, um, it was announced that Javier Bardem was cast to star as Frankenstein's monster in a reboot of Bride of Frankenstein, which was part of the Dark Universe. Because when they were still... Announcing it instead of just doing it in secret. Right. Um, I remember Angelina Jolie was being talked about for the bride too. I don't know if that was ever if she was ever like cast, but I feel like that news came out all, around the same time as like Maleficent. Um, so maybe she's just like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with these guys. <laughs> this seems like less of a shit show. I mean, Johnny Depp was also supposed to be the Invisible Man at one point, so right. I wouldn't put any stock in that. Yeah. That would have been good for him, though. To be invisible? Yeah. If we don't actually have to watch him on screen, he's good at voices. He can do voices. I do voices. (laughs) (laughs) He can be British, too. He can do British. Sure. And he'll sound like Keith Richards, but he can do British. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it'll sound like Jack Sparrow, but Jack Sparrow (laughs) is Keith Richards. Yeah, it's like how Jack Sparrow sounds like Sweeney Todd. (laughs) 
Um, anyway, so yeah, are you convinced now, Taylor? I'm convinced. Let's <laughs> stop talking about it. All right, our final story that thankfully has nothing to do with the Dark Universe. Uh, Fide Alvarez, best known for his remake of uh, Evil Dead, as well as Don't Breathe, is working on a new film that is being described as The Shining in the White House. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, is, Is the White House haunted? I mean... Maybe <laughs> has have any has anybody died there? I mean, not that I know of, but I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that have secretly died there. Could be. I don't think any presidents have died there. Not that I know of. Like even the old timey ones. Yeah. Like I know Lincoln didn't die there. He died across the street from the theater after being hammered in the ass. <laughs> <coughs> have you been to DC? Oh, okay. Yeah, we went to the Ford. While we were there, we went to the Ford Theater, and you know, of course, it's all—it's still an active theater, but they, of course, got a lot of you know Lincoln-related stuff there. But then across the street is where they—they they rushed him after he was shot. They rushed him to this house across the street. I can't remember why, but uh, yeah, we like that house is open for like tours, so we went and walked through there too. And they had it all like re recreated to show period you know, versions of what was going on. And, like, they kind of laid out a bed of, like, you know, this is where he would have been laying when he died. That kind of stuff. Hmm. Kind of cool. Interesting. Uh, well, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Alvarez intends to direct this untitled Washington, D.C. horror film. Um, so he's not just producing, because, of course, you may have remember we reported that he is producing a another remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Which, today, just... Stay away from that. There's there's no good to come of that. No, baby. <laughs> um, specific plot details have yet to be revealed, of course. Uh, but this is being written by Joe Epstein, who wrote the 2017 Blacklist screenplay Health and Wellness, which I'm not familiar with. Nor <clears throat> am I. The only Epstein I know is the one who didn't kill himself. He did not kill himself. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. Tell the world. <laughs> or don't. I, I, Everybody knows. They know. <laughs> they know. It's been memed. Everyone knows. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. This could be cool. I like The Shining. I like Fede Alvarez. Not, yeah. so, not so big on the White House, but... Yeah, I mean, there's already a fucking ghoul living there right uh, now. I uh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of look like Hobgoblin. Like some Spider-Man? Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's orange. If he was like a big fat guy? Yeah. With like high cholesterol? Yeah. And a bad toupee? Yeah. It's just a total, like, like if, if he was moron. moron. If he was a moron and like even more of a piece of shit. That's right. He's more of a piece of shit. Than a super villain. Than a super villain who blows people up. I mean, at least he doesn't have pumpkin bombs. That's that's the nicest yet. thing I'll say yet. <laughs> he is a pumpkin bomb. 
Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, Shining in the White House. I mean, okay, sure. I I, I trust Fide. It's it's him and uh, Roto Sagaya's again, so working together. They're the, they're the dream team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I haven't not liked something that he's done. I didn't see the girl that kicked the spider's nest or whatever it's called. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I did want to see that. because I, I, I heard good things, though. So I like Claire Foy. So I'll get around to that. Yeah, I probably won't. But I will get around to The Shining in the White House or whatever it ends up being called, whenever it comes out, wherever it comes out. With whomever it comes out. In. <laughs> in. <laughs> coming in somewhere. Comes out in. It's coming and coming. Uh, oh, something I wanted to mention earlier, yes. and I totally forgot, was um, that uh, they announced, finally announced a release date for Lock and Key on Netflix. Oh, did they? Yeah. I had not heard that. Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's February 2020. That sounds right. I... February 1st, 2020, because that date sticks out in my mind. Yeah, something's going on there, but I could probably cancel it. Greatplotfilmfest.com. <laughs> Get your tickets. Um, but uh, no, it's like, yeah, there's like a little, you know, advertisement that was released. It's uh, the mind key in, in the back of somebody's neck. Um, cool. <laughs> I started reading those. I bought the first two compendiums, or the first two uh, trade issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't gotten through them. Um, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like I bought so many comics at one time and I didn't know what to read first. So oh, I just yeah. started, started reading like the single issues instead, mm. instead of all the, the, the groupings. But um, I did start reading it, so I'm kind of familiarizing myself with it. But I need to finish it so I can be on track by the time that comes out. Sure. Anyway, that's it. That's it for horror business. Yeah, so next up, we've got our uh, film reviews. So let's get to that. Okay. Ready? I mean, yeah. (laughs) All right, so we have two films to talk about. We've talked about them already, so hopefully we can do it again. Hopefully, hopefully. It was a long time ago that we watched them at this point. Yeah. We were originally going to watch Ready or Not, but... At the time. At the time, it wasn't out yet. (laughs) So we called an audible, switched it to... uh, Well, it was out. It was out to to purchase. Yeah. But not to rent. Yeah, and I was like, I I haven't seen this movie. Am I really willing to drop $15 to own it at this point? Right. It's like, if it's... If it sucks, I'm gonna be very upset that I just paid for it. Right, and now it's like in my library forever. Yeah, I remember on on related note when Apple um, released like a new iPod, um, and it was like like their marketing was just wrapped around U2, and so everybody with an Apple product was like forced to have U2's new album for, oh, yeah. f- for free. It's like it's free, free. Don't worry about it. We got it. It's like no, but I don't want this. Yeah. How do I get rid of it? Oh, you can't. You can't get rid of it. Like, you can take it out of your library, but you still have it. It's yours. (laughs) But I don't want it! Just like fucking Ghostbusters. uh, The fucking travesty that came out a few years ago. When I got... um, It was like some subscription to something. 
and they gave me like two free movies. One was Ice Age. It's like, okay. <laughs> and one, the other one was fucking Ghostbusters. I'm never going to watch these. Yeah, like uh, Google Play, when I first signed up for that, it was like, hey, congratulations, you got Bunyan and Babe. And uh, uh, what was the other one? Oh, and Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Ooh. And I'm like, can you get rid of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, just if you give people a code or something to yeah. download it for free, don't just put it in their library. I would rather have one movie that I like rather than two shitty movies that I don't want to watch at all. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. It's like if someone broke into your house and like painted a really nice mural. And they're like, yeah, this is like a $100 mural. I just did it for free. You're like, but I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask you to do this. Exactly. But yeah, so instead we uh, we picked Alexander Aja's Crawl. Um, of course, now Ready or Not is out, but we, we didn't have the time or energy to watch another movie for this episode. We're very busy. <laughs> we still got to watch two more movies before next episode. So I have to watch so many short films. That's true. Tony hasn't watched any. I have watched some. You have watched three. I looked. That, no. Really? Three? <laughs> Fuck. It seems like way more than that. <laughs> That's not really a reflection on the films themselves. It's just... Tony's very busy. Very busy. <laughs> I'm, I'm so busy. It's, it makes me want to cry. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, what movie do you want to start with, Taylor? I'm going to start with the shit. Get in the shit. You get. People judge you here not for who you are, but who you hang out with. <laughs> See if you're going to ask Roxy out again, or you're just going to spank one out to her every day till graduation. If it makes my life a little easier to hang out with one crowd over the other, then I'm gonna do what I have to do till I'm out of here. Remember one thing, though. You're having my sloppy seconds. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, one day they're gonna go too far and they're gonna be sorry. I thought I could handle this all on my own. I have to tell you something. There's something inside. It wants to kill me. Are you kidding me? Tom, I swear to God, there's something inside. Alright, then show me. Let me see your pet monster. Dude, don't you see what this means? We can use this. This is power. What? Nobody's ever gonna mess with us again. Are you crazy? Think about it. It's not murder, it's payback. This is not a gift or a weapon. This is dangerous. I'm supposed to be your best friend? Look what they did to me this time. What the hell is happening? Dumbo, what's inside that shit? Get in. What's inside that shit? All right, so uh, the shed is a brand new movie. I think it just come out for, you know, uh, public release, um, like right before we recorded. No, it was a, it was a few weeks ago, yeah. but not long. <clears throat> anyway, um, 
It's written and directed by Frank Sabatella. Nice Italian boy. Clearly. <laughs> Frankie. Sabatella. Abodanza. <laughs> Poverty Boopy. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, so the shed is. Shed. She- <laughs> um. So it's it's mainly centered around a young boy named Stan. Stan. Stan the man. Yep. Hanson. Stan, Stan Marsh. <laughs> More like Stan Darsh. <laughs> uh. Um. Yeah. Okay. So here's the story. Here's here's the 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 beef. Here's what's here's what happens. <laughs> Taylor's ready. I wish I could remember exactly how I told the story. Actually, my recordings are fine. I probably could. Um, just just, <laughs> just you talking. Well, that's most of your reviews, anyways. It's just you talking for twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. And being like, so what'd you think? <laughs> yeah, because you don't fucking engage. <laughs> Because you never stop talking. I, you know, there's no break in the conversation. Just jump in. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm happy to stop and let you have your thoughts. Okay. So the movie starts... Why don't you just play yours then and I'll talk over it. Because <laughs> we'll be here for like five hours for you trying to figure out some witty retort to something that's already pre-recorded. That never has happened ever. Yeah, we've never had to record... You over a pre-recorded thing. You really think I'm going to be like, okay, now play it back again so I can think of something. <laughs> okay, I got it. I'll play it back again. Or figure out what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> okay, so uh, this starts out uh, in a chase scene. It's very exciting, very tense. Uh, we're in the woods. Oh, right. Am I, am, I, am, I, am I putting you there? Are you there? Are you in the I'm woods? in the woods. You're in the woods? Is it night or day? It's day. It's daytime. No, it's not. It's dawn. Okay. I think it's dusk, actually. Well, the sun came up. Mm, true. Mm, yes. <laughs> it's pre-dawn, uh, and this guy, he's Frank Whaley, or Wally, I don't know how it's pronounced, but uh, he played Pete in Pulp Fiction. In Pete and Pete? Yeah, in Pete and Pete. You know the, you know the Pete. <laughs> um, and uh, he's just a little wiener. <laughs> he's, a little, he's one of those little wiener guys <laughs> One of those greasy guys <laughs> You're enjoying your shrimp um, He's uh, He's running around in a panic uh, He's got a gun Or a shotgun with him um, And he's I don't know if he's being chased or chasing something um, But he is He's all sweaty So sweaty and uh, very concerned about something. Um, and he stops to try to kind of take a look around. And suddenly this figure swoops in wearing this long black cape or a cloak, cloak or yeah. something. Um, and uh, it doesn't take long for us to realize that this fucking thing is a vampire. Yeah. It's very kind of Nosferatu looking. It's got a bald head, mouth full of fangs. Yeah, it reminded me of um, uh, fucking the guy from um, Salem's Lot. I can't remember his name. Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jeff. 
You've met Jeff. You know Jeff. You look it up. Mine is not cooperating. <clears throat> um. Anyway, so there's that. <laughs> How am I doing? Not well. <laughs> uh, so he kind of s- swoops this guy up in his arms, spins him romantically, <laughs> and then bites his neck. Yep. You got, you got it? Is it Danny? No, it's the name of the the, the vampire. I can't I remember his fucking name. It's like right on the tip of my tongue. Barlow. Barlow. Yeah, there we go. <clears throat> um, yeah, he had a very Barlow look to him from the original Salem's Lot. <laughs> um, anyway, bites him on the neck, and then the sun comes out, and so he... Or does he shoot him? He, uh, no, he... I don't think he actually does shoot him. I think he just kind of pushes him into okay. the sun. So he, he gets away from him, and he falls up against a tree, <clears throat> and the vampire kind of falls out into the rising sun and burns up into a pile of ash, as as vampires do. Um, and he's sitting there just kind of watching it happen, you know, still in a panic, bleeding profusely. And then he puts actually puts his hand in the path of the sun, and it starts burning. So he hides behind the shadow of the tree, and starts running into the woods. Um, and I'll just kind of skip ahead a little bit. It's presumed that he winds up in the shed. It's not uh, presumed. They show it. D- really? Yeah. How did I miss that? I think he took the the cloak, and he was like shielding himself from the sun with the cloak, and he, yeah, he ran into the shed. I guess I totally missed that part. Okay, well, he does... Like right get, as the sun's coming up. He goes into the shed... Uh, which just so happens to be in the backyard <clears throat> of our main character, Stan. Uh, so we'll jump ahead to Stan. It's a, it's a weird thing. It, it kind of gives me a bad feeling of this film um, because of how it's portrayed. But he's like, he's sleeping in bed and he his mom comes in and says, you know, you know, Rise and shine, Mr. Five, breakfast in five minutes. Wakey, wakey, hands off, snakey. And it's just like, what's going on here? <laughs> and, um, man, I remember we we had a big conversation about Oliver Platt in the last recording, but I don't remember oh, why. Man. Oh, maybe it's for the next movie. Was it the next movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, because we were talking about Lake Placid. <laughs> uh, we can't capture that again. Nope. Fuck. It was good, too. God damn it. Anyway, um, and he goes downstairs, and his mom and dad are sitting there in the kitchen, and they're, like, kissing on each other, and he's like, oh, gross. And he's, like, like 17. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? And, uh, it's just, it's just this very, you know, idyllic, you know, glossy, you know, image of a of a of a three piece family. Um, you know, she serves them up pancakes or waffles or something. She's like, who fucking eats pancakes on a weekday? Really? <laughs> My mom, I'm pretty sure, never got up early enough to make pancakes for me for breakfast before school. Yeah. 
And also, I didn't go to school when the fucking sun was already out. That was not a thing. <laughs> Even during the the like early fall and late spring, it was still dark when I woke up for school. <clears throat> anyway, um, and uh, then things go fucking sideways because he looks over to his mom. Everything like gets very dark suddenly. Um, you know, we we had like a, a bright, sunny, hazy, you know image of these of this family and then suddenly everything gets very dark and he, he looks over to his mom who is now you know emaciated a zombie almost yeah she, i mean she's got a bald head and she's wearing a hospital gown so we presume that she that you know is cancer or is just it was very ill in one way or the other <clears throat> and um she he runs to her side and she kind of falls over and dies and then in the foreground, his dad stands up into frame, looking like he's been through a lot. And then he takes a gun and puts it in his mouth. And as Stan is yelling no, he suddenly gets a spatter of blood on his face. And then he wakes up for real. Oh, so it was all a dream. Yeah. I used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> yep. It's like B.I.G. One love. Where you at, Biggie? Um, he... um. We're we're le- kind of left to presume that things obviously was very were dramatized in his in his dream, but we have to assume things went very similarly to uh, what he dreamt. Um, and now he lives with his just a total asshole, yeah, abusive. Which is weird because if his parents were anything like he was dreaming, it's like which one? Yeah, who raised them? Yeah, who was spawned by this guy? But he, you know, is pounding at the door, which is locked. And he's like, how many times? When he finally opens it, he says, how many times have I told you not to lock this fucking door, boy? And you want to hear baiting? <laughs> um, and, you know, he kind of pushes him off, like, whatever. And he's like, I thought I fucking told you not to talk back, fucking goddammit. I'm uh, ad-libbing. Yeah, no, this, these aren't direct quotes. <laughs> um, and Stan's like, Whatever. I listen to the Smiths. Yeah. I sleep in my clothes and then I go to school in them. What? I wear torn shirts. Pictures of Ronald Reagan with a bullet hole. (laughs) It's a a, uh, representation of my angst. (laughs) Dirty kids are real stupid. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he... uh, So he goes to school and... um, you know, there we're kind of introduced to who are ultimately our, you know, limited crew cast of uh, main characters. We meet his best friend Dahmer, who is, um, you know, kind of a scrubby loser like him, but more mouthy. Um, he's more willing to talk shit to the bullies, even though he gets his ass kicked on, you know, on the regular. And they seem like they hate each other. They're fr- like uh, Dahmer and Stan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're very- best friends and they hate each other, which I understand. But like, <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. But they're like, like they just get mad at each other for everything. I'm like, why are you guys friends? Yeah, it's like you guys don't seem to have a lot in common other than your pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess shit sticks together though. But it's like Stan seems much more interested in like trying to not be a piece of shit. Yeah. And Dahmer's just like, no, I'm a piece of shit. It's so, fine. Yeah, this is my life now. Yeah. It's like if you don't. I'm a piece of shit, and I'm happy with it. If you 
don't want to be a piece of shit, then you're a piece of shit for not being want to be a piece <laughs> wanting to be a, wanting to be a piece of shit. It's like I don't track your logic. Yeah. That makes no sense. You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um But no Stan's more interested in Roxy. Yeah. Played by Sophia Happening. What's happening? Well, what's happening, Sophia? <laughs> you want to party <laughs> with us? I'm uncircumcised. <laughs> Where do um, you live? What's your name? Where do you live? <laughs> what's your address? <laughs> you wear thong underpants. <laughs> anyway, uh, but she's she's a little cutie pie. Apparently, Stan had a thing with in like middle school. She kind of reminded me of Sarah Chalk. A little bit younger, Sarah. Yeah, obviously. Um, she reminded me of someone else, and now I can't think of who. Um, but yeah, let's go, Sarah Chalk. The other Becky, right? <laughs> I don't. Did you? So when they brought Roseanne back, which now is just called the the, the Connors. Connors. Um, but when they brought it back, so they brought the original Becky back to play Becky. Yeah. But then Sarah Chalk was in the show as someone else. Yeah. Like what? What? <laughs> it's like you don't have to pander. Just don't put her in the show, <laughs> or put her in as Becky because she was the better Becky. I should have just like switched them like mid episode. Sure. <laughs> just switch and then switch back. So you already even noticed. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. So yeah, he's he's got a thing for Roxy, but Roxy seems to kind of they've like grew apart as they got older. She started hanging out with a different crowd, and she started. Apparently banging the the local bully, the marble, the local tough marble, um, and uh, it's a real tough name, right? And uh, he's just a dickhead for the sake of being a dickhead. It's like I feel like this he would be more fitting in a movie that took place in like the seventies or yeah. earlier, because like bullies these days aren't like this. Yeah, bullies these days are people that harass you online, <laughs> right? Um, they're not just big thugs that want to beat you up for no reason. This guy's not even big though. No, I mean he's 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 well built, but he's not like super tall. He's not like you know like a brick wall or anything. Yeah. Um, he's not like a jock either. He, like he he looks like he should be friends with Stan and Don. Yeah, he's like he's one of these. He's greasy, a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. He's one of the, one of these greasy guys. Um, and uh, he's got his crew of assholes, and they just do sweet burnouts in his Trans Am. <laughs> um, and. Uh, you know, they're the kinds of just, it's like they'll come up to Dahmer and be like, hey, you fucking pussy, and then walk away or whatever. Yeah. And Dahmer's like, hey, why don't you come suck my dick? And then he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> it's like, you know, one of these days you'll learn. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we kind of learn who these people are and their relationship with, with each other. Um. You know, Stan and Dahmer, they're kind of the type that will skip school and go, what were they, what were they doing? Were they throwing rocks at bottles or something? At trains? <laughs> well, they skipped school and they went they to this field or something. And there's an old couch out there because apparently this whole town is white trash. Um, and what were they doing? They were drinking beer and... They're doing something else. I feel like they're like throwing rocks at bottles or something. I don't remember this. You don't remember the scene? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. It was kind of where like Stan was... Lamenting? 
Kind of, but you know, uh, uh, sort of implying that he doesn't want to be a piece of shit like Dahmer, and Dahmer is like, "This is who you are," and you know, "Fuck you." You remember that? Vaguely, it's not super important, I guess. But um, so Stan makes his way home, um, and his grandpa is like immediately on his ass, and he's like, "Get out there and mow the goddamn lawn, you motherfucker! Fucking piece of shit." <laughs> He's an asshole, so he swears a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's probably drunk. He's, he's drunk guy, and you know he clearly kicks Stan's ass. And Stan's not a big guy. He seems like he's probably pretty tall, um, but you know he's he's pretty rail thin. Um, but this guy is like like seventy. He's yeah, he's got to be in his seventies at least. He walks around on a fucking cane, and Stan just lets him kick his ass. What's going on here? I don't know, because it's his grandpa, and he doesn't want to be a piece of shit, I guess. Um, my grandpa was kicking my ass. I'd beat the fuck out of him. I would hit, steal his cane and hit him with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's like, get out there and mow the lawn. God damn it. Get. Get. <laughs> so he goes out to the shed. The uh, shit. <laughs> shit. Get out to the shed. And mow that goddamn lawn. Um, he goes out I, and he, he goes into the shed and looks like he's looking for gas or something. Um, and uh, that's when he's attacked by the the guy. You know the guy? The guy from earlier. Yeah, the, the guy we were talking about earlier. What was his name? Bane. Bane. That's right. Um, he is now... He's a f- all like, oh, I'm a vampire. <laughs> Um. So uh, yeah, he's but he's a full fledged vampire now, um, and you know, being a vampire means that you are a dick. So he <laughs> just attacks him, and Stan like manages to get out of the shed by the skin of his teeth. Um, and then he goes and gets his dog and re- releases the dog into the shed. And this is something that was just really not necessary. Yeah. Like we've talked before when we did our review on Cannibal Holocaust, how completely uncalled for and unnecessary animal violence is, and it's like granted this was not sh- explicit; it didn't show the animal being killed, um, and it wasn't extremely graphic. Um, I don't think we ever actually saw any like body parts. We saw the dog's decapitated head. I did. Yeah, he threw it out. Wasn't that that was. His- bandana around his neck wasn't it no it was the whole head was it <laughs> yeah okay well um yeah he lets this you know big ass german shepherd into the shed and he didn't stand a chance so so the dog's dead now so he runs inside to get his grandpa. This dog that didn't exist in this movie until you know this scene you sure that, it wasn't like a major like plot point, how he was like super close to the dog or anything. It was this dog was solely existed in this movie for this scene. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it was his dog. I think it was his grandpa's, his grandpa's dog. dog. Yeah, <clears throat> but he um he runs inside to get his grandpa. He's like, Grandpa, there's something in the shed. It killed you know whatever the dog's name was. Um, and so his grandpa was just like, What did you do to my dog? What'd you do in that shit? <laughs> So he gets his little fucking shillelagh or whatever the hell it was. Like, I don't know what it... 
It was like a I think stick. it is a shillelagh. So you know, I think a shillelagh is this like really ugly knotted piece of wood, but it was really just like it was like a tiny little cane. It was about maybe like a foot and a half long. It looked like the shillelagh that Fit Finley used to carry to the ring. So, <laughs> um, and he goes outside and he's like, you know, whoever's in there, you get out. <laughs> you better get. He doesn't talk like this at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's get, it's really hard to tell where this takes place. It looks like it was shot in the South somewhere. Yeah. Just based on like the foliage and, and the, the, you know, the rural. I believe it's pronounced foliage. <laughs> no, that's when you put foil on stuff. Like you put a little, you put glue down and then you like brush it on. Then you foilage it. Yeah, you foilage it. It's, it's a combination of foil and decoupage. Yeah, it's foilaging. <laughs> um, but no, like the trees and um, you know the tall grass, which isn't necessarily indicative of the South, but the trees almost looked like um, like willow, not willow trees. Um, yeah, weeping willows. That's a, that's a tree. That is a tree. I just can't remember if that's exactly what they were, but I don't know. It just read south to me. But, you know, some people talked with, with southern accents and others didn't. So it was kind of hard to tell yeah. exactly what was going on. But um, anyway, so his grandpa it was filmed in Syracuse. Really? New York? Yep. I mean, I don't know if there's another Syracuse, but... Huh. Whatever. I mean, that didn't read New York to me at all, but... Especially because I'm pretty sure that nobody in New York speaks with a southern accent unless they <laughs> moved there from the south. Um, so, uh, yeah, his grandpa goes into the shed and gets... Uh, I think they both go into the shed, right? You, I don't remember. His grandpa gets torn up like in front of him or something. Anyway, so basically it becomes like this, I don't know, cat and mouse doesn't seem like the right term, but um, basically Stan's trying to keep this vampire in the shed. And then eventually he, you know, tells Dahmer about it and he's like, I got a vampire in the shed. And Dahmer's apparently thinks this is going to be his like rise to fame or something. Because, like, oh, nobody's going to fuck with us now. It's like, it's, it's, not, like a, it's not like an attack vampire. Yeah, it's like, like we can't you sick him. <laughs> or it's like, hey, you, bully, you go in that shed. You get in that, you get in that <laughs> shit. Don't ask questions. It's like, I'm probably not going to do that. I'm just going to kick your no, ass. I'm just going to punch you in the mouth. Like, but you got to come to my house for, it's just not my house. It's my friend's house. You got to come to my house, my friend's house. Well, my friend's grandpa's house, actually. <laughs> you got to go in there. You got to go in the shed. And then we're going to fight. No, I'll fight you in there. <laughs> the bully be like, like, no, I'm just going to punch you right now. And I'm not going to do that at all. <laughs> but Dahmer thinks this is going to be like his salvation. It's like somehow this is going to make them the cool kids. It's like, dude, you've seen too many movies. Um, He's like a white trash styles. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so it's just it kind of becomes this thing of Stan trying to keep himself safe by, by keeping this vampire locked away in this shed, which makes no real sense because he ripped the head off of a dog and he ripped an arm off of a, an adult 
person, he can't fucking knock down one of these shitty wooden shed doors. Or kick a window out, at least. Something. Uh, so it's a little unbelievable in that aspect. Especially because he like well, like he ran in the the first night, and I, unless this takes place the next day, nobody knew he was in there for a few days. In which case, he could have just left at night again. Yeah, I I, I kind of presumed it took place the next morning. Well, okay, it could be, but like at one point, uh, Stan is drilling holes in like the walls and the roof, mm-hmm. and he's letting in the sunlight. It's like you know, kind of containing the vampire. I'm like, why don't you just keep drilling until it's dead? You just take the roof off entirely. Yeah, that's also an option. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like sitting up there drilling holes in the sh- in, into the roof and he's like, this ends today! And then he stops. Yeah, like, what does that mean? <laughs> it's not like this has gone on for a week or something. <laughs> this ends now! Um, I'm going inside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll I guess stop there too. Well, meanwhile, this the sheriff is is thinks that either him or his grandpa is somehow involved in the disappearance of this Mister Bane. Yeah, and everybody's really suspicious of Stan because he has a history of kind of being a juvenile delinquent, being um, a piece of shit, being a piece of shit. He's on record as being a piece of shit, um, but he was you know locked away in a you know in juvie, juvie. hall. Um, and he's on release, like he was released into his... He was only released because his grandpa agreed to take him in. Um, and he kind of hangs And then treat him like shit. He kind of hangs that over his head, too. He's like, you know, I'm, the only reason you're even out here is because I fucking took you out of the... Or I agreed to take custody of you, you piece of shit. <laughs> well, like... At, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he hits the the sheriff's truck with his bike because right. the sheriff pulls out in front of him like an asshole. Yeah, and the the deputy or whatever is like, "You're going to be 18 in a couple weeks. You know what that means? No more juvie. You're going to fuck me in the ass prison." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like this big ominous dude. It's like you'd think he's his character was going to come into play at some point. That's the only does. time you ever see him. It's the 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 sheriff. Uh, What's her name? Dor- sheriff Dor- Downey. Dorney. Dorney. Who I recognize from Thirty Rock. I recognize her from Men in Black. <laughs> Edgar's wife. One sugar water. Oh yeah, <laughs> she was one of Jack Donaghy's sisters on Thirty Rock. Really? It was him and or her and Molly Shannon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, so like I know her as a as a comedic actress, so it's kind of weird to see her in this. Yeah, I mean, she was probably the most comic relief out of anyone. I think. Yeah, but yeah. So she's like on Stan's ass all the time because she thinks that he's involved in this disappearance of Mister Bane. Mm-hmm. And then there's she- a, there's a scene where Stan's at school and he, he punches Marble in the face finally, and uh, he the, makes Marble his bitch. That's yeah, he fucks him up good. <laughs> And then the, the principal is like, we've been keeping an eye on you, and we know what you're up to, you little piece of shit. <laughs> He's like, I sent the sheriff to your house right... This is after the sheriff just dropped him off at school, by the way. Right. He's Immediately like, back to his house. Yeah. He's like, I just sent the sheriff to your house to get your grandpa, and we're going to have a meeting. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. It starts running, and it's just... It's Ferris Bueller. Yeah. It's straight out of Ferris Bueller. I'm waiting for him to like jump on a trampoline over a fence and just, hey! Hey, hey. <laughs> dinner's ready. 
Um, yeah, he, at one point, he even runs alongside the sheriff's truck. Yeah, and then bails off to the side. Right. Um, yeah. And so it it's kind of bounces back and forth between being like dramatic and, and comedic, um, but not... Not in the way that you'd you'd be used to in, with something like that, where it's like, you know, there's always like this little hint of comic relief in the drama where nothing ever really gets too serious or mm-hmm. too funny. It's always kind of like this middle ground. This one, like, it has like extremes. Like sometimes it's kind of funny, sometimes it's like kind of serious. Yeah. And every once in a while, it kind of crosses over, but it's just like, I don't know. To me, it made it seem like a little disjointed. A little bit, um, but not not too distracting. Um, so you know, there's that. Um, yeah. What else? I mean, like, not to give anything away, but like the big climax is a big battle scene, and they board up all the doors and all the windows except for the front door. <laughs> And then they're just letting people in. Yeah. It's like, nope. Sorry. And then they're like, oh, we didn't do the... Or did you get the attic? It's like, I thought you got the attic. Why did you get the attic? Why didn't you get the attic? Okay. Somebody just go get the attic. They play a little fast and loose with the vampire rules here. Yeah. Um, Like, the vampire comes into the house uninvited. Yeah. That's... uh, when you talk more like these kind of um, like 30 days of night type vampires where they're more savage, rabid things rather than like the, the classic Dracula type vampire, that seems to be more common or they don't really need permission to enter the house. It's like it's usually vampires that are based on like some kind of like religious belief or something. Yeah. These are not They're just that. creatures. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I definitely got like shades of of um, Fright Night. Yeah, yes, Fright Night. Um, something I got re- really strong was uh, Dead Girl. Um, I, th- I think this had a lot of similarities, not just in the story, but the because it's two pieces of shits. It's two pieces of shit. <laughs> Piece of shits. Piece of shit. <laughs> um, who are you know taking advantage of something that? Is tied up or yeah, they incapacitated, can't, and they get something they can't possibly control. Um, and then there's like this unsuspecting girl involved. Yeah, not the dead girl, the other girl, right? Um, but no, I mean, all in all, it was okay. Um, nothing really to write home about, I guess. No, not particularly. Like I wanted to hate it so I could call it the shit. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> But um, it's not shit. It's, you know, yeah, it's not great. It's not, it's nothing groundbreaking or anything like that. You don't get a lot of the vampire stuff. A lot of the stuff does happen off screen. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens in the shed and you're just looking at the shed and then yeah. something gets thrown out the door or whatever. Um, but the gore that is is there is is pretty good. There is a fair amount of blood. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did all right. I mean, there's like, you know, dismemberments. And- like Tony said, somebody gets their arm ripped off. Yeah. And... uh you know, when, you know, people get bitten or... or you, you got bit! <laughs> um, it's, it's tying like we were talking before. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, yeah, the gore effects are good. Um, the acting was fine. I mean, it's it, it wasn't bad, so it must be good, I guess. <laughs> um, That's one way to look at it. So, uh, and the, the direction was the direction and, and you know cinematography, all those like you know uh, technical aspects of it were all done pretty well done. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it was just kind of the the story and um. Maybe, like you said, the kind of inconsistencies with, with vampire... And way too many dream sequences. Yeah. Although there was that one. It was all right. That one was cool. <laughs> I was okay with that one. <laughs> um, and... Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the story was kind of... Not anything too special. I mean, yeah. it, it was... I don't want to sound like I'm shit talking it because I'm not. It's, just, it's like it was fine. It was, it, was, it was okay. Yeah. I I don't know that I'll watch this again anytime soon, but I'd say it's worth watching at least once. I would say so. It's like it was like five bucks. Yeah, four ninety nine. I think. Um. And yeah, it's 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 worth a rental. I think. Yeah. If nothing else, if it you know if it shows up on Shutter or Netflix or something, then it definitely. Yeah. 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 Um. I don't know. Do you have anything to add before we wrap this up? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it. Okay. Um, I think I'll, you know, like, it's, it's not groundbreaking, but it's not bad. It's, I think it's a, a little better than middle of the road. And so I'll, I'll give it a six. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's nothing to talk shit about and it's, it's, but at the same time, it's it's not groundbreaking. It's not anything that you like redefines the vampire genre or anything. Right. But yeah, I, I think six is is perfectly fair. Good. So uh, moving on, our next movie is uh, produced by Sam Raimi, directed by Alexander Aja. It is the Gator movie, Crawl. The state of Florida has issued a Category Five hurricane warning. All residents must evacuate immediately. Grab your families, your loved ones, and get out. Dad! We won't be able to come for you. Dad! I can distract them for you. You got this! You need to go now. I'm not leaving you here!
Not to be confused with Krull. How's Krull doing? <laughs> Is he good? Oh, he's got a chamois? <laughs> um, Nobody knows what we're talking about again. <laughs> the people who did it probably don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Not that they ever listen to this, but even if they did, they probably would have no idea. Yeah, considering how fucking shithouse they were. Yeah. Was that the same episode as the big unit? I don't know. I think it might have been. I really wish I could find those. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is written by Michael and Sean Rasmussen, directed by Alexander Aja, produced by Sam Raimi and his ghost house Prickshers. Prickshers? Prickshers? <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was productions or pictures, so it's <laughs> Prickshers, apparently. Um, at the very beginning of the movie, we're introduced to University of Florida swimmer Haley Keller. Now, for those of you who don't follow college sports, let me just let you in on a little secret here. University of Florida, they're the Gators. Ah, uh, this movie. Uh, it's a tie-in. It's a, <laughs> a gimmick. Man, like I was immediately like, oh, <laughs> University of Florida, Gators, I get it. Uh. I was like, oh, is this what we're in for? <laughs> uh, just heavy-handed puns and shit. <laughs> Tim Tebow references because <laughs> he went to University of Florida. Uh, okay. He was all like, "He's yeah, Tebow." He did the thing. He did the gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do that anymore, though. He cares. doesn't do shit anymore. Nobody cares about him. He says, "Do you want fries with that?" That's what he does now. Doesn't he? Doesn't he he's like a commentator now, isn't he? Like, is he? I don't know if it's NFL or uh, college, but because he, he he quit the minor league baseball thing, right? Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah, I don't care. It's it's Tim Tebow. I saw him on a Heisman commercial, the Heisman House or whatever. I don't remember what it's a commercial for, but it's the Heisman House, and it's like a bunch of former Heisman winners, and he was on that. I was like, oh, Tebow's getting work. (laughs) (laughs) They should have showed on those Heisman uh, winners that uh, like went on to not have careers, like RG3. He's like a running back now for the Ravens. Is that what he's doing? I thought he was a backup quarterback. He's both, I think. Ah, like Seneca Wallace. Yeah, or Taysom uh, Taysom Hill. Sure, Taysom Hill's he's a, he's a jackknife. He does everything. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Haley gets a call or a a uh, FaceTime because every everything in movies now is FaceTime. You notice that nobody talks on the phone in, in movies. It's always FaceTime. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why. Got to get that screen time. I guess. It's, I mean, it's not like they're gonna make more money by having somebody on screen for like five minutes. It depends on who it is, I suppose. But it's if it's like Matt Damon, we'd be like, "Oh my god, Matt Damon!" It's like a fucking Matt Damon. Ah, he was the singer in the band. Is that is that Dean Cain? <laughs> <laughs> Dean Cain isn't going to move the needle. <laughs> uh, but her sister Beth is like, "Hey, there's this uh, there's this huge Category Five hurricane. It's coming right for Dad's house. I haven't heard from him. I'm really really nervous." And so Haley's like, "All right, I'll go check on him." And Beth's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. It's like, then why did you tell me? Yeah, the, the, what, why, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and Beth's like, I don't know. I just thought maybe you heard from him. It's like, hey, look at this bowl of candy. Don't, no, don't touch no, it. Don't have it. You can't have it. <laughs> fucking on a bowl. <laughs> you got your fucking on a bowl. <laughs> um, but so Haley's like, all right, don't worry, I won't go to dad's because it's dangerous. So then she hangs up and goes straight to her dad's. Yeah. 
She drives into a Category 5 hurricane. Yep. Now, just for uh, comparison's sake, Katrina was a Category 5. Yeah. So that's what we're working with here. Um, the cop, police officer, whatever he is, um, who, ter- who actually is her sister's ex-boyfriend, he sees her and he pulls her over and he says, hey, you know, you, you can't go that way. We're evacuating. Everybody's got to leave. And she's like, oh, okay. And then just drives in there. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Um, <laughs> she's like, okay. And then she fucking off-roads. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you can't go here. The roads are closed. We're evacuating everyone. Okay. <laughs> she's like, where I'm going, I don't need roads. <laughs> and then I like the one cop that like is like, hey, no. <laughs> like that stereotypical like <laughs> pretends to chase down a car <laughs> except he like takes two steps and he's just like ah, ah she's <laughs> dead <laughs> i don't like her anyway <laughs> um so she goes to her dad's condo digs through all the stuff sees all these pictures of her and their and her sister and their mom uh was the dog was at the condo right and she took the dog yeah yes yes so there uh her dad's dog sugar was there by himself. So she packs up the dog and heads to their old house, which is supposed to be for sale. But apparently dad has been lying about that or something, even though the sign on the front says in escrow, but he, he's apparently living there. Well, no, he's, he's, he wasn't living there. He, he came. To, so I think he, I think she, he gave her the impression that he was there to just like, kind of do like some checks. Cause he was down in the, underneath the house and i think he was like trying to say he was like checking pipes or something like that um or maybe ratcheting down the house for the for the hurricane that actually that would make more sense well but if he sold the house it's not his responsibility well it was an escrow well (laughs) he still owns it um regardless of why he was there he was there yeah so Haley and sugar go to the house they search up and down they can't find him then they hear something down in the crawl space. So Haley crawls under the house, finds her dad unconscious, bleeding. He's got a huge wound on his shoulder. His leg is broken and bleeding. His like the leg is through the skin. And uh so she, you know, tries to wake him up. He won't wake up. So she puts him on a tarp and starts dragging him across the the floor. And that's when this huge alligator comes out of nowhere. And snaps at her, and she like has to duck behind these pipes. He's like, "Oh fuck!" Because the the alligator can't get through the pipes because they're too too close together. Mm-hmm. And that's about the time that the dad wakes up. He says, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I I came down here, and there was these alligators, and they attacked me, and I have to hide behind these pipes because it's the only place where they can't go." <laughs> this is a little bit of exposition going on there. But... <laughs> um. You come to find out that there's actually two alligators down below the house, and the basement is now flooding. Because there's a hurricane going on. Yeah. So you're battling alligators trying to get out while also in a race against time because the water level is quickly rising. Hey, hey, you know what the, uh, the hurricane was? It's a MacGuffin is what it is. Mm. That's that's an industry term. Yep. But isn't, wouldn't, isn't a MacGuffin like something you're chasing? I don't think they're chasing the hurricane. It's, I think a MacGuffin is something that's used to progress, like a like a 
an object or a, a, a deadline or something that's used to progress the 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 story. Okay. So then, yes, it's a MacGuffin. <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm defining that correctly. <clears throat> yeah, so the water level is quickly rising. Her dad can't move. He can't run. Uh, he can't sing or dance. <laughs> he might be able to sing, but <laughs> he has a beautiful singing voice. Um, Have you ever heard Barry Pepper sing? It's gorgeous. <laughs> he sings like an angel. I'm making this up. <laughs> I didn't know if there was a movie where he sang or something. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, she sees these people in a boat across the street looting the local <laughs> gas station. And she tries to tries to signal them. And as soon as this one guy, they're, they're stealing the ATM, by the way. They're putting the ATM right. in their boat. And one guy like kind of, you know, starts wading through the water over towards her. And he turns around just to see the woman on the boat just get chomped. And then the little kid that's in the house, well, he's not a little kid. He's probably in his teens, but yeah, he's like stealing all the candy and all the, the hot dogs off the rollers. As you do. And uh, just as he sees his, his brother or a cohort or whatever this person is, he sees him get like yanked off screen by something. And then he's like, what? <laughs> and then he gets pulled underwater and he gets, like, ripped, he gets ripped apart by like three alligators. Yep. There's just, so you know, if you're keeping track, there's at least five alligators. Yep. Or maybe they're the same alligators. Nobody really knows. There's just... So there's at least three then that we know of. There's there's approximately one shit ton of alligators. <laughs> what uh, One congregation of alligators. Right. We, we figured out last time <laughs> was the proper term. Um, the cops show up. It's the, you know, the, the ex-boyfriend before he was apparently nervous that she was going to go to the house because he's intuitive, I guess. So him and his partner, they show up on this boat and they're looking around and they both get chomped. Yeah. They're completely useless to the story. Like they're, yeah, they're cannon fodder. Well, it's like, why was the guy, the ex-boyfriend who gives a fuck? <laughs> like the sister's barely in the movie. Yeah. This guy's barely in the movie. Why was it relevant? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. He could have just been some fucking deputy Andy that nobody really cared deputy about. Dylan. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Dylan Baker would have made this movie better. <laughs> Dylan Baker makes everything better. Um, Did you watch uh, the Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in case you're wondering why Haley hasn't called anybody at this point, it's because the alligator stomped on her phone. Yeah. Yeah. Because the alligator. They weigh they weigh a lot. It's like now you'll never talk to anyone. <laughs> um yeah, I mean that's basically it for the story. You know, they're they're racing against time because the, the water level's rising. So they have to get around these alligators, get out of the house, and somehow avoid this category five hurricane all at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, these alligators, very good swimmers. It turns out. But so is she. Right, because she is the apex predator, like Randy Orton. <laughs> so stupid. It's like, no, no. Yeah, the, the gators, those are the apex predators. That was the other thing. As soon as I saw she was a swimmer, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> and then they showed her dad being like, you know, sports dad being like, what are you? Apex predator. Yeah. It's like, let me tell you something here. <laughs> there is no way on this earth that a human being can swim faster than an alligator. Nope. <laughs> Those things have been evolved since the dawn of time to be swimmers. 
Fact. Yeah. Like they're dinosaurs. Yeah. Humans. And they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Humans are not. They they're not dinosaurs. Humans are, I think, as far as like land, water, mammals, or creatures of any sort, I think they're probably amongst the worst swimmers. <laughs> probably. Except for maybe like birds. Sure. Who are also dinosaurs. <laughs> And they too are everywhere. <laughs> um, so one of my biggest issues with this movie is that the alligators are apparently very sympathetic because they don't actually kill anybody when they clearly could many times. Yeah. Like the dad was unconscious with one bite on his shoulder and a bite on his leg. And you, like, why didn't the alligators kill him? <laughs> I don't know. They could have done it so many times. And it's like alligators... They have wee brains. They're not intelligent. They are made to hunt. <laughs> wee brain. <laughs> um, so it's bye bye to read to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they uh, they're not intelligent creatures. They're basically designed to do one thing, and that's hunt and kill. Yeah, that's two or things. Two things. <laughs> two things. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so they don't have I don't they don't have the ability, they don't have the thought process to be um divisive or yeah, empathetic or yeah, um or you know, strategize or anything. It's like they're not like a wolf pack where they'll, where they'll like surround you. Yeah. They don't have that higher thought. No. Um yeah, like at one point Haley gets the cop's gun. And the alligator bites down on her, and it takes her like four shots to finally kill the thing. And I'm like, that thing would have at least ripped her arm off by now, mm-hmm. if not just completely thrashed her against the wall and murdered her. Yeah, it's like you know, alligators—they don't have teeth that are—they're not like um, you know, like shark teeth where they're like super sharp and serrated, and will just like cut something off. Yeah, no, it's more about the jaw pressure. Yeah, it's like they're they are more built for breaking bones, and so they wouldn't be able to just chomp down and tear something clean, or, you know, bite something off. It would take them a bit. It's similar to like a dog with a with a toy, sure. you know, when they like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I mean, I think I think that's how they try to. I think that's how they kill prey. Yeah, by shaking them or at least disorient them. Anyway, I'm not a, an alligator expert. Alligatorologist. I'll leave that to Oliver. Oliver what? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Big on. Big on. He's like That's the, actually a spoiler, that's how the movie ends. <laughs> Oliver Platt just shows up on a boat and he's like, Big on. And all the alligators just like, oh shit, and they just leave. Just like, fuck, it's the king. It's the king. You <laughs> wouldn't want him to crown us. So <laughs> And then he got and then he went to Lake Placid and he got eaten. Yeah, that's this. This is actually a prequel to Lake Placid. That's the big spoiler, <laughs> the big, uh, the big twist at the end. My bad. <laughs> oh, fucking Lake Placid! <laughs> what was that one movie that was supposed to be like a monster movie, and then it turned out to be about like a fucking alligator? Primeval. Movie? Yeah, that one. Fuck that movie all the way home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I saw the trailer. And it's like, he is the world's most notorious serial killer. Okay. He has killed over 38 people, and he's still at large. 
based on a true story, <laughs> Primeval. I'm like, all right, yeah, fucking dope, fucking soul. Sign me up. <laughs> and then I got free passes, which should have been a red flag. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, that I saw the trailer. That looks dope. And then I watched the movie, and I went, it's a fucking alligator. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm going to leave. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to leave. No, nah, maybe it'll get better. And then like halfway through, I'm like, I should, I should, I should leave. This is terrible. This is... But you know, maybe the end, maybe the end will save it. And at the end, I was like, I should have left. I should have <laughs> fucking left. <laughs> like, no, I can't get that time back. <laughs> at least I didn't pay for this shit. Like maybe I could have fallen in love. <laughs> I could have met my soulmate. Oh yeah, this is at least better than that. <laughs> Because even without that shitty marketing, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, but no, I mean, kind of like um, the shed. It was kind of it was it was action packed. You know, something was was always going on. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of downtime, um, which was cool. Um, I think in that respect, it was kind of a uh, almost akin to like like Jaws, yeah. sort of. Um, I'm I'm not real big into animal horror. And, no, neither am I, at, like whatsoever. And I know everybody. Every time you tell somebody, I'm not really into animal horror. Like, well, what about Jaws? It's like you can't just jump to Jaws every time. You, that's not the that's Jaws not, transcends the genre. Like, John Jaws is the exception, not the rule. Right. <laughs> but everyone always, says, what about Jaws? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, obviously I like Jaws. I'm not a fucking plebe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. I I think Jaws really stretches the definition of horror too. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, and I mean, in that respect, I guess so. With this, like, I don't know that I would just call this strictly horror. No, it's kind of uh, action horror. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you do have all the the tension of the, you know, the race against time too. Right. In addition to the alligator, so it's not. Like it's just people battling alligators to make it an action movie. You, mm-hmm. you do have the the tense moments, and you do have you know so, some uh, some gore, not really gore, but blood, and you get people you know getting ripped apart and stuff. Yeah, a lot of the stuff happens underwater mm-hmm. though, and you know the camera is above the water, so you just kind of see red. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot left to kind of the imagination, which sometimes it plays well, but you know, was this PG thirteen? I don't think so. Wikipedia seems like it never says what rating it is. No, it doesn't. R. It was R. Okay. Yep. Because I if if I can recall, they only she only says fuck once, so. Well, you shouldn't say fuck. No, you shouldn't say fuck, fuck, no. <laughs> um But um No, I mean it was well acted. Most of our time was spent with uh was Haley, Haley. and her dad. Mm-hmm. Um they were kind of the core cast just on their own. And Sugar. <laughs> right. The dog. Which would have been a really easy target, and they didn't do it, which I appreciated. Yeah, there's a part in the trailer where you see the dog, like, doggy paddling through the hallway of the house or right. something, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, no. Don't they're, do it. They're going to kill that dog. I was like, that dog's going to get pulled under or something. But, I mean, spoiler alert, the dog, the dog lives. Yeah. I mean, realistically, yeah, those alligators would have eaten that fucking dog. Yeah. But it's like... You don't need to put that in. Just just take the dog out. No, so, and it's such a harrowing moment too when when Sugar makes it to the end. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a good movie. It's it you know it is tense and it is uh, engaging. 
like I said, my, my only real problem with is it, the alligators would have killed these people. There, there's no way these people oh, yeah, would have survived they, they this. would have not lasted this long at all. Especially fucking her dad, man. That guy gets fucked up multiple times. Yeah. I'm like, oh, each, each time he got fucked up, I'm just like, oh, this is, the, this is it. Oh, the, the scene when he resets his bone. Oh, oh God. Ouchie! <laughs> and I love to as he's doing it. He's like, ah! <laughs> and Haley at no point goes, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 funny to me that there's so many times like in that when they're down in the the crawl space and you know she maybe's on the other side of the house. It's like to look at it, the house like its footprint isn't that big. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a two story house and it's you know it's a it's a average size house but it looks like it's not huge so you can't imagine the crawl space is all that big but if she's like on the other side of it and he's over here and they're like trying to yell to each other it seems like it's very inconsistent on whether or not they can hear each other yeah it could also be you know like water falling or other I suppose other noises going on um alligators just being like rawr <laughs> that's what they do <laughs> Alligators don't even make noises, do they? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they don't like growl. I don't think so. I mean, they're underwater. I don't think they really could. Don't they kind of hiss? Just, <sighs> yeah, they might. Yeah. But you know, more terrifying. <laughs> right. You sound like you were trying to make an applause noise. <sighs> <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. Um. <sighs> <laughs> Oh uh, no, it's an alligator. <laughs> uh, bu- 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 bu. Did you take a swamp tour when you were in New Orleans? No. No? No. Saw fucking gators up close and personal. Yeah? Yeah. I did I did do the jungle cruise when I went to Disneyland. <laughs> it's it's kinda like that, yeah. <laughs> Except you know the gators are real. <laughs> it was And there's less puns. Right, yeah. Terrible, terrible ones. I really hope the Rock brings that to his to his role. Oh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah. When so we were at at the place waiting for our, our tour to start, you know, to load onto the boat, um, and you know, there's signs up around says this is basically this is Gator Country. This, this is Gator territory. <laughs> yeah, you know, be careful. Do not approach the Gators. Do not try to feed them. Don't just leave them alone. And sure as shit, man, there were fucking Gators like floating right around the shoreline. You know, like less than a hundred feet away from us. That's terrifying. It was not comforting, <laughs> and they'd like come up onto the shore, and you know, those things they'll just sit still because they they detect. Uh, I think they detect vibrations, and um, I think they they have. I know they have heightened senses and vision. They don't have very good vision, but I think they have heightened hearing and smell. Mm. Um, so they just kind of sit there. And wait for things to happen, like for them to detect something. So I think that's what they were doing, just sitting there completely still, and they looked like statues. It's just like, wait, is that because they had they had like an actual statue, but it was like resin or something. Um, it it looked real enough to yeah. where it's just like, would okay, is this one of those? <laughs> is this one of those? <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a little weird being around something that could easily. Just like murder just you, kill us all dead. Um. Anyway, 
That's my yeah. story. I mean, like I said, you know, this this isn't my genre. This isn't, you know, in my wheelhouse. And realism aside, it is a very good movie. Right. I know it, you know, it got a, a decent amount of hype. And the, some guy at work just kept being like, Oh, have you watched Crawl yet? I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking watch Crawl. But yet here I am. So here we are. <clears throat> um yeah. So Daniel, this one's for you. He's not listening. He doesn't listen. Uh, yeah, objectively speaking... I know yeah. he doesn't listen because an episode will come out and the next day he'll ask me if I've seen the movie that I just fucking reviewed. <laughs> Maybe he's fucking with you. Maybe. Asshole. Uh, yeah, objectively speaking, this, yeah, was a well-done movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for my personal preference, it's like it's not my cup of tea, but um, that's not really what we're here for entirely. It's no Jaws. Right. Jaws is... Invariably better, um, but it's, it's also it's, got like a legacy attached to it's it. It's also no primeval, so sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 all right. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'd watch it again just because it's that. I mean, that's that's me. But right. Yeah. Same here. I'd say this is if you're into like um, uh, animal horror movies, then this would probably be something you could enjoy multiple times. I think. Sure. Um, I don't know that it's going to achieve that like Jaws status, I, but I would be shocked if it did. I, I, I think that was just um, due to kind of the time it came out. Yeah, and you know, well, plus you know Spielberg. Well, right, yeah, but I mean, what did Spielberg even have at that time? Close Encounters, ET. No, ET was eighties, was it? So I don't think Spielberg was quite Spielberg yet. Mm. Like he hadn't even done like, um, like Indiana Jones or anything yet. But anyway, uh, but you know, like at the time, um, I think there were a lot of shark attacks going on around the time that Jaws came out. It was kind of like, um, You know, uh, around the time that uh, the communist was big, or communism was big in, in in Russia, there was like kind of the Red Scare movies coming out around that time. It's kind of the same thing. I think it kind of fed on what was going on at the time, whereas this doesn't really have that advantage. So, yeah, even Close Encounters was seventy seven. This was seventy five. So, I mean, this couldn't have been his first movie. Um, or Jaws. The, I mean, the Sugarland Express. It looks like was his first movie, or okay. Firelight. I don't think I've heard of either of those. Me neither. So yeah, Jaws kind of made Spielberg. It's interesting that he got that kind of budget. Yeah, really. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's solid and it's a uh, it's a seven. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Um, yeah, like if if I was just judging based like solely based on my taste. I'd probably give it a six, but if I'm, yeah, objectively speaking, yeah, uh, seven's seven's fair. I think it's fair. To be fair. To be fair. So there we are, guys. We made it to the the, the end of this episode again. Again. Was this one better? I think it was better. It was. Uh, it's not worse. I don't think. So well, there's that. So um, we're going to be back again in a couple weeks, guys. The season is upon us. Winter is coming. 
like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. You, you got it. Did you, you guys watched that, right? She did. I didn't. Yeah. I never watched it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, me neither. It's like, ah, oh, you haven't watched Game of Thrones? Like, yeah, no, I don't really care. It's like, it, but, you know, people that are like big Game of Thrones fans, it's like, you just got to watch it. You got to watch, if you watch it, you're going to love it. It's like, I don't want to fucking watch it. Back off. I don't want to love it. <laughs> I got too many other things going on in my life. I just don't have room for Game of Thrones right now. <laughs> um, But yes, it's going to be our annual Christmas episode. This was supposed to be our Hanukkah episode. No, no. Next episode was. Yeah. yeah this yeah. this was supposed to be our Christmas episode. Next episode was supposed to be. Was supposed to be Hanukkah, but the movies we wanted to watch didn't yep. come out. <laughs> yeah, at least one of them didn't didn't come out. Um, so we'll default to our original plan, which is Christmas. Yep. Um, and Taylor, what are we going to be watching? We'll be watching Anna and the Apocalypse and I Trapped the Devil. There you go. Um, so we'll be back with you to talk about those. In the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever your podcasts are found, except Spotify. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And don't forget patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Get exclusive content for as little as $1. And check out graveplotfilmfest.com. Get those tickets. Join us February 1st at Arc Lodge Cinemas. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, sir. Oh, by the way, yeah, patrons, November review's up. December will be up shortly, within the next couple weeks or so. Um, and uh, that but, backlog's coming. Yeah, and, well, it, put in your new, put in some. Um, oh, yeah, make some more, some more, uh, more suggestions. Yeah, those things. More nominations. That's the one. Okay, guys. We're going to talk to you next episode. Till then, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Be string like a broke guitar, and he still put it down like the family dog. Yeah, I murdered some, murdered one, murder one, explain it all. Ferguson. Ferguson, we ain't gotta sing the same old love song. Cut a white girl with the same black gloves on. Yeah, what you saying to it? Old money, look, no money, don't do it. Make them turn around in their lane like a UA, and I'm only looking back if I'm looking at her booty. At her booty. What's the rationale? They wanna smoke niggas when they black them out, so we act it out. Okay, cool. Can I have some? Hashtag niggas be like, be like. Put a plus 18 on an e-vite And I said what I felt, no rewrite. rewrite Nah, nah, they can't hold me June, July 
drop something, I double dare you, I mock summers, I scorch winners, I burn autumn, gut niggas so Kurt Bonner, L. Bonner, got a crush on her, I gotta wait in line for that, ain't nobody got time for that, ain't nobody gotta rhyme with that, too true like it's two chains, blue blood like you both gangs. Wait.